Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Arrival Online, insights that matter in challenging times for operators of tours, activities, attractions, events, and experiences, all of the things that travelers do when they get there. I'm Douglas Quimby, co-founder and CEO of Arrival. Really excited to have with me today, Tao Tao, the COO and one of the co-founders of Get Your Guide, one of the largest online travel agencies or online marketplaces for our industry of tours, activities, and attractions. We have lots to talk about how Get Your Guide is dealing with the current crisis, what they're doing for operators. What does all of this mean for sales and distribution and, and the online marketplace that uh, so many of us operate in? So lots to talk about there. So, Tao, welcome. <laughs> and thanks for uh, for making the time today. So where, where are you? I presume you're, you're not at the office or are you at home? Where are you right now? I'm at home. I'm in my living room. And so when what's, um, I presume, get your guide right now, it's, uh, is Berlin and Germany and pretty much a kind of a lockdown place? Do so you have everyone working from home right now? Absolutely. So this is obviously a difficult situation. And um, being in travel, we fortunately, um, t- for the safety of our employees, we already had some very early signals from the Asian markets and then uh, later on in Europe from the Italian markets, how dire the situation would actually be. So um, actually already three weeks ago, I think, I think we were the first company in Berlin that, um, you know, sent everyone home. Uh, we then instituted a global work from home policy for everyone. We migrated our customer service within, I think, 18 hours to work from home. Um, so 600, you have 600 employees, something like that? Yes. So we have, we have close, to, close to 700 employees. Oh, wow. So okay. that, was, that was quite a feat. But, I mean, you know, p- people, there's t- two theories, right? One is that crisis brings out the worst in people and, and crisis brings out the best. And if anything, we've seen only the very best in our people in the last couple of weeks. You know, the sense of urgency, the caring, the solidarity, um, yeah, that was just great to see. What well, so you know, there's been you know obviously an enormous amount of discussion about the impact of all of this on the operator community. We've uh, published quite a bit of research to try to understand the extent to which operators are at risk and what's happening. Uh, you know, what about you know what's how is this affecting the Get Your Guide uh, business? I mean, what's you know, and, and also like just what are you, especially the leadership team. <laughs> 
Like, what have you guys been going through? Just, I mean, personally, like this has got to be a difficult thing. You're, how do you motivate and, and keep these nearly 700 people kind of engaged and, and uh, you know, just pushing the business forward as much as you can? Well, look, I mean, our business is a reflection of the business of all of our supply partners around the world, right? So we're, we're in the same boat. Um, I think just like everyone else, we, we're seeing revenue and bookings drop to basically zero, right? So I think that's the same for everyone. Uh, we're in the same boat and we're, we're seeing the same trends. And I think Europe is in lockdown. Asia, for the most part, is in lockdown. Uh, the US and Latin America overall in lockdown. And, I think Australia, New Zealand, I think everywhere is in lockdown. So this is definitely, you know, I think in the beginning we're talking about a hiccup. I think now it's clear this is the biggest crisis that travel has ever seen. Um, also by the fact that now billions of people travel versus, you know, during the Great Depression, you had maybe 10 million, 20 million people travel. Now you have 2 billion people travel, right? This is by far the largest industry in the world in terms of employment, in terms of jobs affected. So I think, I think we're all heavily affected. And look, I think the, the concern we have at the moment, uh, I mean, management, let's be honest, like we're doing okay. I think the, the concern we have is for the customers who are stranded. So those were the first ones we took care of, making sure that they can cancel flexibly. Um, and that even in the case where the cancellation couldn't be borne by our supply partners, who, by the way, were extremely generous. So super grateful for that. Um, we bore that cost because we want to make sure that customers feel safe. Uh, two, um, you know, obviously get rid of all cancellation fees for supply partners, um, you know, daily calls, weekly webinars, you know, doing all these kind of things, very similar to what you do. Uh, then our employees. So making sure they're safe, work from home, make sure they have everything. Um, so I would say, uh, and then the management, yeah, you, you know, you just, just deal with it. This is your job, right? But no, but so, but this is also, I guess I've always thought of Get Your Guide as a startup, even though it's, you're what, about 10, 11 years old, something like that now. So I guess it's technically not a startup uh, anymore. But um, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I, you know, and I would ask this question uh, when I've interviewed you and Johannes, uh, you know, in the past, uh, you know, seven, eight years ago, like, could you, did you ever imagine that, you know, you'd raise uh, $600 million? Did you ever imagine that, you know, this could be so big? And now I'm, now I want to ask, you know, so did you ever imagine that we could be facing, you know, a situation like this? I mean, you must be, we all as, as CEOs or as, as uh, business owners, you have to scenario plan. You have to plan for bad times as well as good. But I mean, a situation like this, how do you plan for, for something like this? Yeah, maybe maybe to one of your first implied questions first, which is, could you ever imagine this could even get so big? Um, I, I think you know best that the two of us, we always thought it could be so big, right? I, I still remember, you know, seven, eight years ago, we were banging the doors of conferences like Focus Ride, and you were there, yeah, totally in your corner. We should talk about it. Just not enough interest. And, and I think we, we kept talking about it, right? Um, and so so now at least, so in a way, we, we, we rose... To a level where the fall is also quite steep. So I think in a way we should be, you know, we're super grateful that, you know, everything we dreamed of in the last seven to eight years actually came to fruition. So our, that's been great. And that the industry is finally getting the, the recognition uh, that it deserves, right? I mean, you guys talk about it all the time. This is the core of travel. Um, this is why people travel. I, I think this is, um, it's, it's, it's a pity that just as, you know, I feel like the industry was getting steam, was getting momentum, Everybody's talking about it. 
um, even the financial industry is talking about it, um, that this now happens. So, you know, you know, these kind of black swan events, as they call them, nobody can predict them. And the, the number one advice that we give internally is it's all about uh, adaptability, right? I mean, Darwin famously said, you know, it's not the strongest creatures who survive, but the ones who are most, you know, quickly adapting to change. So I think that is the number one skill. Now, the good news is, and, and you know this, we started the business as a student project in 2008 in a financial crisis. And, and we bootstrapped the business for two, three years without raising any um, external capital. So, you know, this is in our DNA. And when, when we had the town hall with our teams and, and, you know, telling them like, you know, our core values were shaped during a crisis and, you know, how things like thriving uncertainty, taking ownership, you know, simplifying things, uh, customer centricity, how these things sound easy in good times, but make even more sense and even more important in difficult times. So, you know, we were born in a financial crisis. So in a way, you know, the, the startup juices are, are certainly coming back uh, these days. So there's already, there's a ton of questions that have, have come in, um, but I just want one more question to ask of you before we I go to some of our attendee questions and it has to do with something you said, like how you first thought, well, this, you know, it's kind of looked like a hiccup, but now it's obviously evolved into something that's, you know, much more, uh, much more serious for, for the industry. So, uh, you know, here's the million dollar question. Uh, what are you planning for, for the future? How long is this going to last? When are people going to start booking again? Yeah. So if, if, if I knew, right. <laughs> The uh, I was just I just got off the phone with one of the um, the, the the most famous economists in uh, in Germany, you know, talking about this question because I think this is the question on everybody's mind. Uh, I think it's kind of like tea leaf reading, crystal ball reading. I think the number one advice, and this is the principle by which we operate, and this would also be my advice um, to other companies because this is the advice that we got from you know investors and mentors: is hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. So, you know, you want to have a plan in place, you want to have a cost structure in place, you want to have the contingencies in place that this could go on for much longer, right? So, so in, you know, we're planning for basically, you know, a very depressed market in Q2 for sure, into Q3 even, Q4, I would say modest recovery. And then I, I hope that 2021 will then return to normality a little bit. Um, but look, I think prognosis at this point, there's too many variables. It's funny how during these times, everybody's now suddenly an expert on virology and uh, pandemics. Um, so I wasn't going to ask you about that unless you want to dig into it. Uh, so, so unfortunately, um, so, so you got me today, not my co-founder, Johannes. He's actually, um, you know, a molecular biologist. He worked with coronaviruses in a lab um, doing his master's thesis. So he would have been uh, a good candidate to talk about this. But look, even, even the best experts disagree, right, at this point. So I think... All we can do, you know, we can control our fates is to focus on, you know, preparing for the worst, for a prolonged downturn, uh, preserve cash, you know, and because ultimately you want to be ready for recovery. So what we tell everyone in our team is we know, so what do we know? We know that people will travel again and we know that people will want to experience experiences again, real experiences, not just, you know, virtual experiences or, or VR experiences. People want the real thing. They want to smell, they want to see, they want to feel, 
Uh, they want to hear, they want to get all the experience that you can get on a tour, an experience, a bungee jump, an attraction, you know, feel the sand when you see Petra. So I think this will come back. And so what we should focus on and what we encourage and advise all of our supply partners to focus on is, you know, try to go into hibernation mode, preserve your resources and be ready for the rebound when recovery can take place. So there's a you know, number of questions that have come in. Uh, so this first one, and it's got a lot of votes, more than 40. This is from uh, Giuliano Orlando, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So really, he's just asking about you know support for suppliers. So what is Get Your Guide doing now, but also coming out of the crisis? And he's referring to reducing or removing fees. And so I want to bring this up, too, because just earlier this week, Airbnb uh, announced for uh, its experiences division that it was going to waive all host fees and commissions up to $1,000 for the first two months once people start uh, booking again. So what are you doing for suppliers, number one? And the big question, hey, can you give everybody a break on, on commissions to help operators get back on their feet? Yeah, totally. Uh, maybe let me start with uh, what we're doing and then let me address also how this fits into to your question on Airbnb. So. I think the number one thing we're doing is, is, you know, this sounds maybe a little bit cheesy and maybe a little bit simple, but just to be there uh, for supply partners. So we are on, you know, daily calls or every two days talking to our suppliers. What's the situation? Um, the, when the first wave hit, there was a lot of calls on cancellations and, and dealing with them. The other thing that we're doing is sharing as much information as we can. So, um, you know, I think what we cannot change, let's also face that, is we cannot, you know, magically conjure up customers because nobody is traveling right now. So I think that's that's a difficult part that, you know, we all have to accept that, you know, we're accepting. And so, you know, trying to share as much data as we can. Um, we recently put up a page uh, just advising small businesses on how they can apply for, you know, what what are things we know about government subsidies in the respective countries. So that's one of the things we're, we're looking into. Um, and look, and the third thing is doing everything we can to get ready for the recovery and bring bookings back. I think that is the number one thing that we're focused on with the team uh, right now. So so me, think, but on that, let me just jump in because I and I I was uh, I was ad libbing a bit while you while we lost you for a second. But you know, one of the things that I uh, it's very clear, like number one for operators is you know it's right now it's it's cash flow and. You know, yeah. operators are, you know, they're whatever reserves they're ha they have, they're just watching the, the numbers go go down. So, you know, what can the broader industry do? You know, what can online travel agencies do to support operators with what's really the, the number one issue? Totally. I Look, I wish there was a magical answer to the cash problem. The entire world has a cash problem right now. So I was just, um, you know, we, we had a webinar earlier with some of the other entrepreneurs and, and one of them runs a, um, you know, they, they run a payment company. And, you know, without sharing the exact stats, the decrease in offline payments in the, in, in all of Europe is staggering, right? N like even governments struggle with, you know, helping businesses right now. Um, so I think what we should do, all of us as entrepreneurs is look out for ourselves when it comes to cash management. I think there is, I think this is the this is the reality that we face as well. So we're not going to investors and say, "Can you help us?" But we're saying to ourselves, with the cash that we have, how do we manage it so it lasts a very, very long time? I think that is what we should be focusing on as businesses 
look inward, find this inner strength and preserve the cash. I think that is the number one thing. I mean, and then see if government can help. I think the government is now, this is the role of government, right? So in, in times of external crises, external shocks, you know, how can they help? So in Germany, there's a lot of mechanisms um, and, and I'm sure in the U.S., they just, you know, implemented a huge stimulus bill. I would look towards these programs when it comes to maybe a little bit of support when it comes to cash. Um, but otherwise, I think it's all about, you know, how can we internally uh, manage that cash position? So now, so what about uh, commissions? So I brought up the issue of uh, the, the announcement from Airbnb. Yeah. You know, I've asked, asked this of some of your, your peers or competitors in the market. You know, what's yeah. your guys' position on supporting mm. operators with either lower commissions, deferred commissions, uh, something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, so first of all, you know, we applaud whether it's a competitor or whoever, anybody who helps the industry in some shape or form, I think is a good thing, right? I think any any help that anyone can give in some shape or form is a good thing. Um, at the same time, the way we look at it is, you know, every company should focus on what they do best. And, and what we think is about, you know, uh, creating value. The way we look at commissions, for example, it's, so it's not a charge, right? It's not a fee. It's not a tax. Um, what a commission ultimately is. So when a supplier chooses to work with us on a commission, we take that commission and invest it, right? And so I think what our number one objective now should be is how do we maximize the recovery speed when things come back? And that is what we actually use the commission for. We use the commission for building technology actually in the crisis now uh, to make sure that customers have a better time finding and booking the right experiences. We're using that commission to launch marketing campaigns. We're using that commission to acquire customers around the world. We're using that commission to you know, localize content, provide the customer service. So it is an investment. Um, you know, it's not that you know, we're just sitting at the roadside and co collect this profit. I mean, you know, we're not in that position either. I think we all know this is a massive industry. We're as much a challenger to this market as anyone else. And so our approach is less about, you know, how can we give, um, you know, a, a handout? Because ultimately, this is the core part of what we do. For us, experience is not an add-on product. Maybe if it's an add-on product, you can, you know, do these kind of things. But for us, this is the core product. And when it comes to the core we want to see it as an investment. And for us, it's not about a 60-day, 90-day, whatever relief period. For us, it's about how can we take that investment and invest sustainably in for the next, I don't know, 60, 60 months uh, or something. So what are some of the things that will ha need to happen once travel restrictions uh, become eased? What are the things that the industry and, and Get Your Guide can do to help speed the recovery on the operator level? I mean, are we looking at there's been a lot of talk about you know, a lot of discounting, um, a lot of change in products. Like, what are some of the things that that operators should be mindful of, and that you're thinking about once people can travel again? How mm -hmm. do we really start uh, demand? Yeah, totally. Um, look, I think uh, there there are two elements to this, and and we are, by the way, this is the work that our sales teams and account management teams is doing today, which is to a deal with the situation and two, you know, work with you to think about a rebound. Right. Also, psychologically, I think it's just a nice exercise because this way, you, you know, if you imagine the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, then, you know, maybe it will come a little bit sooner than we think. And so um, the, the way we're looking at recovery is twofold. One is let us not forget the core of what we do. Right. The core is providing incredible experiences everywhere. And 
you know, all of our supplier partners, you know, provided great experiences before the crisis and will provide great experiences after the crisis. At the same time, there will be a few things that will be changing. And I think this is where the most creative and the most adaptable uh, partners of ours um, with whom we then work together to find ways to, um, you know, you know, see what changes and, and kind of tackle onto that. So, you well, know, ask some of the changes that you think will happen. Exactly. So I think a couple of the changes will certainly one of the, I mean, so we don't know, I think it's about trying a little, a few things. One of them could be that it's more about domestic tourism, right? Because we, we may not know when uh, borders open again for international travel. One of them could be more about weekend trips. So if I'm a supplier here in Berlin, maybe think about, you know, how we can, um, you know, get, get demand from, uh, uh, Berliners into nearby Berlin. Um, another thing is probably smaller groups, um, because, you know, uh, for attractions, one of the key things that we're advising them on is thinking even more now about time ticketing because, you know, the queues for the, for the ticket booth obviously is not a site that maybe customers want to see. So I think it's really, you know, and there is lots of ideas, but the approach that we take is, um, and that we encourage our partners to take with us is one of partnership. Um, I'm going to give you an example from, from the good times. So, uh, when we saw the data, uh, in Bali, working with one of our great supplies there, we saw that people were searching for the gates of heaven. So it's like this, I'm sure you've seen this temple with a, with a slice in the middle, you can see through and lots of people take Instagram pictures. So we went to Neoman and it's actually his funny story. His cousin was actually the tour guide when Johannes proposed to his then girlfriend to become his fiance. So lots of connections to, to, to that partner of ours. Um, but when, when Neoman, um, we, we talked to him, said, look, lots of people are searching for this and they want to do this tour because they want to put on an Instagram. Hey, why don't we do design a tour together that is about looking at all the scenic Instagram spots? and call it an Instagram tour or the, the top Instagram spots. So, and, and this now became one of our best-selling products in all of Asia, 4.8 out of five, customers love it. We've now replicated this with more partners around the world. So I think what this example shows is, is two things. One, you know, working with a partner together based on their insights and our insights. So we have the customer data, um, you as the local partner have the local insights creating a product based on something that consumers want. So I think that goes to my point um, is, you know, about adaptability. And then the second thing is then taking these learnings and then scaling this across all of our partners based on something that we saw. So I think in recovery, we need to do something very similar. We have to be very agile and looking at what are customers demanding? Do we see new trends? Let's try a few things. And then the things that work that stick Let's scale that. Uh, let's scale that with the partners we tested it with. And then, you know, we're obviously super open to share these learnings with our suppliers globally so we can create these kind of successes everywhere. So let me go through as well a couple of you know key things that have come up. One is related to a question. These are some just tactical things that I think are possible for operators uh, today. So one, you know, we've heard about, so Viator had announced that they are shortening the payment window, uh, again, to help address the cash flow. Uh, issue uh, is that uh, is that something that you guys are looking at? Yeah, look, I think <laughs> you know we're entrepreneurs, we're pragmatists. We want to focus on what matters right now. When there are no bookings, why are we talking payment terms? I mean, let's be really honest, right? Um, when we see a recovery, yes, then let's look at these things, right? Let's look at payment terms. Let's look at how can we optimize cash flows. But you know, we're focusing on right now what is most urgent at hand. So I'd rather talk to our supply partners today 
and share some tips on cash management, right? Not about payment terms. I think what is what is the most urgent thing right now? Well, what about, and this is also another question from uh, Giuliano uh, Orlando as well. Uh, so what about uh, when you're selling experiences, but selling them as gift cards or vouchers for the future, as opposed to selling uh, specific uh, specific experiences? A lot of operators are trying to do that directly. Yeah. Is yeah. that something that OTAs could do? I think the, the, the tricky, so first of all, I would encourage all of us to experiment, right? We're also experimenting. So we just launched this, you know, virtual tours uh, thing, world at home. And we can talk about it a little bit later. Um, look, we're also trying. I think this is a very, very new world. This is a strange world and we should, we should be trying things. That's, by the way, that's also why, you know, as, 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 as dire as the situation is, you know, this kind of a, a, you know, situation, you know, gets you very creative and very agile. So um, it's definitely a very high adrenaline situation. Um, but look, yeah, on the gift cards thing, I think, you know, the way we look at it is maybe it's something we'll try. I think the challenge, and I think just my personal opinion is it probably works a lot better for um, local operators. Because if you buy a gift card with us now, we don't even know where you will be traveling as a customer. So that wouldn't immediately benefit our local partners, right? So versus a booking that goes to a local partner directly. I think the good thing is, and what we still see just a little bit is the optimists in our customers who are still making bookings today for in six months, right? So these are, these are customers that think, Hey, look, maybe, maybe markets will open again. Um, but obviously this is, this is very, very small. So I'd rather do that than, um, than a gift card where, you know, I, I don't think this is the best way how we can support our suppliers uh, today. Yeah, so there was even one question that you know came in from an operator for me directly this morning. This is a small operator, and it, but in, this is regarding the payment terms where the small operator, I think that, so you guys owe her $43. Um, and uh, because it falls, I think, below like a, like a, a, a an amount threshold, you yep. wait until the, the amount exceeds $50. But for her right now, this is, and there's so many companies, 86% of operators in this industry do less than $250,000 a year in annual sales. So for that small uh, individual operator, that 43 bucks is a, is a big deal. So what about even relaxing something like, like that in times like this? I mean, I would say in these situations, let's, let's talk, right? I think this is a perfect example where this is why we have account managers who work tirelessly with our partners. Um, look, let, let, let's just have a chat. Um, you know, I, I'm sure this is something we can solve. I mean, this is, if this is something that, you know, will bring a little bit of relief, absolutely. Fair enough. Well, so uh, now you mentioned online tours and I want to bring this up. So because Get Your Guide has launched some, I feel like within the last, I don't know, three to four days, suddenly virtual tours, online tours have become kind of the <laughs> one of the most talked about items, like as operators are looking for, for things to do. I actually have a poll and I, I want to just quickly uh, share that with uh, with everyone. Let's see if I can. Um, Alex, if you're there, for some reason, I'm having difficulty. I don't have the option to start. There we go. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, so uh, if I'd like everyone just to take this uh, this poll uh, so we can see uh, what the uh, what the results are um, now. Uh, and to get everyone's opinion. So, but Tao, I'd love to ask you, so you're starting this, you know, what's, what are you seeing? Is this, is this really going to help operators or is this just kind of a, you know, a fad for the time being? Uh, what's, what's your take on virtual tours? 
So I think ultimately our customers need to decide. And in these times, we should, we should try different things. Um, the way I look at it is that this will not be a replacement for industry, right? Um, you know, I was just, so we, we have some of our virtual tours ourselves. We um, had a really great cooking class with one of our, um, with, with one of our guys who does the cooking classes. Uh, we had a, a drag queen in Berlin who normally gives our a queer Berlin tours. So with this world at home series where we're trying to bring the world to home, you know, we're, we're trying to do some of these things. The, the challenge I see, however, is that, you know, this is, this is a field where we're competing against uh, Netflix, PlayStation, Disney, um, TV, and, you know, esports and these kind of things. So I think it's hard. Um, Are you charging for them? So we're not charging for them. We're not charging for them. Um, look, this is, this, is our, this is our way to make customers not forget that travel is here, is here to stay. Um, that travel is about all these individuals who create incredible experiences. Um, this is, you know, keeping our audience engaged about, you know, the incredible world of that is out there. Um, I don't think it can be a full replacement for, for the operators. Yeah. And that's clearly the consensus from, uh, from the poll here where the vast majority say it's either it's a little helpful, somewhat helpful. About one in five of you say it's, it's a waste of time, which is, uh, which is fair enough. I mean, certainly when it comes to revenue generation, uh, there's, it's still, uh, there's a lot, I'm sure that's, that's still to be, to be done there. So, um, so here's an interesting question from, um, Elsa Erasmus. So, uh, so, well, she says, hi, Tao, uh, uh hi. with, uh, with many people op, uh, saying operators should focus more on direct website sales. And, you know, there's lots of marketing folks and res systems and all of that really focusing on that. And so focus on direct website sales and less on OTAs. You know, what's your take on that? How, do, how does, you know, what's an OTA's position on that? How do you kind of manage that and work with your, your operators? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, from, from one entrepreneur to another, my advice is focus on sales, right? I mean, wh wherever your sales will come from. And then um, and this is the advice that I think is always valid. Then think about the return on investment to acquire those customers. If your return on investment in, you know, investment through own website, own marketing, and all these channels, yield a higher return, do that, right? Um, if working with someone like Get Your Guide will bring you a higher return because, you know, I think we can do very efficient marketing at scale and do localization and do customer service in multiple languages and do these technology investments, then, then do that as well. So I would, I would just say, you know, fo focus on sales uh, and focus where you can get the best return on your investment. Um, and, you know, that's what we try to do. So when we have conversations with our partners uh, in our local offices, this is the conversation where we say, look, this is what we're investing. This is what you're investing. This is the alternative. If you invest in your own website and all these other things, you know what? What, what do you think is a great investment, and what can we do more of? So, if, um, so here's a, just a, a specific question from Diana Flores. Uh, she asks, "I haven't heard from my market manager for a month. Not even a check-in call or an email. I feel that Get Your Guide is showing great results, initiatives, and numbers worldwide, but is missing out on the relationship part." And also with the other uh, question I'd had from the smaller operator too, that uh, was trying to get the $43 back. She was, she was getting emails back, but uh, hadn't yet gotten an answer. So, uh, and look, you guys, you have 700 employees, but you've got 
how many tens of thousands of experiences and operators you work with around the world, um, and you do millions upon millions of bookings, or you you do when there are no virus outbreaks. Uh, so how does a you know that, how does that small account like how does Diana how does she you know when she needs to get somebody on the phone or push through how can she get her her voice heard with you guys? Yeah, first, so first of all, sorry um, if if we haven't gotten back to you. So. Um, you know, this is a super difficult time. Our, what I can guarantee you is, uh, give us some time. We will get back to you. Our account managers, uh, in our, I think at this point, 16, 17 offices are working day and night. They're doing nothing but calls, uh, with our local partners. Um, I think we have, you know, in the industry, more account managers than anyone else out there. And everybody is working a hundred percent. Um, to talk about this issue, payment, cancellations, you know, nobody is now working on, you know, doing new things. Right now, we're all just managing the crisis. Um, our customer service is still there. We're still doing, you know, uh, support from a customer service, also not towards suppliers. So um, I think this is just a super, super difficult time. Um, and we will try to get back to you because, you know, that's, that's our mission. Um, this is a partnership. And if we haven't, then I'm sorry, and just give us a little bit more time, but we will get to you. So there's a, there's a great question here from Chris Torres, which is actually part of a series of questions I wanted to ask about. I know we're talking a lot about operators, but, you know, what is this, uh, what is, what's going on here? What does this mean for the online travel agency landscape? And work we've done, we've identified upwards of 120, 130 online travel agencies that focus on this sector to some degree or another around the world? Um, how many can survive? What does this, you know, what does this, this mean? How does your, does your business model like change? What does the OTA landscape look like for, for you and for the industry uh, post coronavirus? Yeah, this is a, this is a great question. Thank you. Um, so first of all, not everything will change, right? So I, 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 I still think we should, we should think about, um, you know, what are the things that aren't changing? Again, what will not change is people will travel, people want to book experiences, and uh, they will, you know, hopefully use OTAs because, you know, you have choice, you have languages, you have selection, you know, custom service, multiple languages, those things will not change. I think what will change, however, are a few things. Uh, first of all, we will see which OTAs were really serious about experiences, right? Because, you know, again, in good times, that's when you can do your 20 initiatives, now, for us, this has always been the core. We've we've done experiences for what eleven years now, um, probably earlier than most, and and this is all we've been doing. And all of our innovation, all of our manpower, all of my thinking, all of the team's thinking has only been going. Into, and we'll be doing this for the next fifty years, um, if it were up to us, or even longer. Um, and so, I think we will see how serious traditional OTAs, um, the ones that usually sell hotels and flights, are about this, right? And what are the things they're cutting first? I think that's one. The other thing I think you will see is which of those OTAs were the ones who actually invested into a relationships and two technology, right? Because, you know, we were so grateful in this crisis now when we had all these cancellations, seeing the goodwill of our supplier partners work with us to handle all these customer requests was immensely gratifying. And we were seeing goodwill rates, you know, working together with these suppliers way above that you know, what we've seen in other industries. So I think that relationship really shines now. And also, I think now in this crisis, in this next six months, is when, you know, hopefully you will see our commitment to the relationship, 
right? If we still talk to you, of course, right now, crisis, everybody's fine. But if the test should be, are we, are our account managers still talking to you in three months when it's the darkest, right? That is, I think, our commitment to the relationship. That is one. So let me, so, but but also, you know, our, so our research has indicated that, you know, if if things really don't start to turn around and we'll, we'll see what happens as, some of the government programs begin to roll out and if that can extend the lifeline a bit and we're tracking this uh, on a weekly basis with our uh, with our operator surveys but our our research indicates that you know by by 3 months if nothing changes we're looking at you know 40% or so of operators uh, basically closing down if this extends beyond 6 months then we get into well over 50% and what is that you know, what does that do to the industry? What is that, you know, what do you do if suddenly half of your your operators are, are no longer in business? Look, I think I think the, the, the problem is not our problem. I think the problem is is much more severe for those operators, right? So what I mean is that I'm not, con- you know, my, my first thought is not, oh, we lose some supply. My first thought is, you know, these are partners we've been working with for 10 years. Like when, when we started this business, I was doing sales calls, signing up suppliers. So I know a lot of first names in industry. So my concern is much more about, you know, we have one supplier who, um, you know, was a, a refugee in Amsterdam and couldn't, was a tour guide. He couldn't get his visa extended. And so we actually helped him set up a, you know, he started listing his own tours. And because he could build his business on and start to employ people, he could get a visa. Now he has a family and now it's a thriving business on Get Your Guide. I think, you know, these stories, I think is the problem is if they go away, that's my concern. And so, you know, that, that's one. The, the other thing is I am deeply convinced of the resilience and ingenuity of this industry. Um, tourism activities has never been a limelight, look at us. We have all these awards and associations and whatnot industry. This has always been an industry of grassroots entrepreneurs, super agile, super perseverant. I have, let's put it this way, I have a higher hope of this industry coming through the crisis better than let's say the hotel industry, right? Also because, you know, a hotel is expensive and that's a different set of problems. So I'm, and, and also another thing that gives me hope is when you look at the current crop and the current set of entrepreneurs in this industry today who are offering tours and activities, half of them, if not more, were not around before the last crisis, right? So this is a lot of entrepreneurs um, that, you know, grew up um, in this new world and were very fast in adapting to new rules, Right, 20, 30 years ago, this was a two operator dominated world when very different rules applied. So whenever there was a crisis, you know, entrepreneurs reoriented, changed the product um, and, and build new supply because we know demand will come back. Right. That is a fact. When there's demand, I'm convinced, you know, all supply partners will together. We will can create products that customers love. So let me go back to a, a few attendee questions. So this is from Jorge Diaz Largo. Does Get Your Guide have a cash problem with over six hundred million in funding? I'm going to guess probably not, but uh, <laughs> I'll let you answer. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we were very lucky. Uh, they, I think there's no other word to describe it because you know you don't raise a funding in preparation for a crisis, right? So um, you know, a crisis happens, and then if you were lucky to raise funding before that, that is great. Uh, that said. Uh, even we have to tighten our belts significantly, right? So one thing that, you know, also when we tell our own teams is our biggest investor is not our investors. The biggest investor is our customers. 
if those customers are gone, that's our number one source of funding, if you will, for staff, for salaries, for marketing, right? I mean, no amount of investment in the world can carry that load that customers usually carry on a daily basis, right? So I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough for everyone. So it's not that we're in a super luxurious position and, and our teams are feeling the brunt of it, right? So we're all cutting back a little bit. Um, it's definitely tough times. And, and we're preparing for a period of, you know, I think a couple of dark days. But, you know, hopefully we preserve the energy and come out strong on the other end. So there's also there's a question from Alex Luzgan. I think we've already addressed this a little bit. It's just about, about whether or not Get Your Guide is doing uh, online tours. I think we've talked about that. But do you see the online or the virtual tour initiative continuing post? Uh, coronavirus? Do you think that could be a standalone product on its own for online travel agencies and for tour operators in the future? I think it remains to be seen. I, I would still say, let us not lose sight of what we're truly great at. And all of us, we're really good at lighting customers in person, right? I mean, I think if there's one thing we all know about our industry is how good we are with in-person hospitality. Um, all the thought processes from attractions of how customers have the best entry experience to, you know, uh, tour guides of, you know, how do I position my tours so that, for example, I want to stand behind a wall so that I form a half moon circle so everybody can hear me. Like all these kinds of insights would be lost online. Um, so I think we should choose where to play and how we can win. And I still fundamentally believe, and we're betting our business on this, is that it's all about real world experiences. So I want to just scoot down a bit. So there's a question from Adrianus Ulianto, and I'm, it's a long name. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stop there um, because I can't see it all on my screen as it scrolls over. But he's asking about Get Your Guide uh, Originals. And yeah. that's, I wanted to spend some time. And I, and I know we had scheduled for 45 minutes, everyone, but we lost Hal for a few minutes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you stay on for a few more minutes, if you don't Love mind. For well, sure, yeah. So you guys, you know, with Originals, um, uh, so I, I've always I found this to be it's a very unique approach within within the industry. Uh, I've seen your your co-founder, Johannes, really talk about uh, originals being at the center of your strategy going forward. It could generate maybe it's a small percentage of total products, but a larger percentage of total uh, of total revenue. So you clearly you guys are all in on kind of branding and the customer uh, the customer experience from the operator side. You know, I'm I'm thinking to myself, boy, you know, what does this mean? I'm now having to compete directly with with Get Your Guide. Uh, if, what if I offer a similar tour? Um, what does that happen uh, to what does that mean to me and to, to my listings? Um, do I want to become a Get Your Guide original partner or provider? It's like, so it's interesting. It's like you're you're almost competing with some of your supply partners. What do you say to operators that you've been working with for years and, and have those? Um, yeah, thanks for the question on originals. Uh, would, would be no, no Douglas uh, interview without, without that question. Um, maybe next time you can think of another one that's, that's new. Um, no, I think, uh, well, they, keep coming in. they keep coming in from, so it's not just me, it's Audrey, Adrianos too. I mean, this, and, and we keep getting the questions from operators. I mean, because you guys, it's, it's growing, right? It's, this is a growing part of your business. No, no, totally. I think, I think let's, 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 let's clear, clear the air a little bit on our original strategy. And look, we, we want to be very transparent on this. Um, our goal with Get Your Got Originals is, is to set a quality standard for tourism activities. So it's about quality. 
actually the example I was telling you earlier about this Instagram tour that we're doing in Bali that now became an originals. Why? Because it's a great experience, right? And so I think there are two elements to your question. One is, you know, is it competition? And two, uh, what about branding? Maybe let me start a little bit with branding. The way I look at the brand of our supply partners is I think a brand is more than a logo. I think brand is about the quality and the promise that a partner gives to the customers. And so, um, you know, what we've seen, for example, when we do originals is, you know, for example, this tour or another tour, when we work with Esam Ocean Air in Dubai, he actually asked us to brand his cars because then it would be easier for the customers to find it because they booked it on Get Your Guide. So the brand that Ocean Air has with us is the quality. And so we want to scale that quality to more customers. So we are determined to create this value for customers and brand it in a way that is, for example, recognizable for the meeting point for the customer. So I think that's on, on brand. I think to the question of competition is, look, we want to work with you to create incredible originals. Um, I mean, get your guide. Let's, you know, I think let's, let's also be honest, is a marketplace, right? There is competition between various um, supply partners. And we think competition is a good thing because it will ultimately create more value for consumers. It will create more value for travelers and the best experiences win. When, when we started Get Your Guide, we had, uh, you know, maybe a different set of suppliers, supply partners on our platform that were the best sellers. Now you have a different set. And over the years, the quality has gone up and up and up, right? And so, you know, we want to work with the best suppliers to create these originals because that's why we think we can create the best value for our customers and ultimately also for us win in the broader competition of, of tourism activities. So, but I think, uh, you know, for sure that's the case, but I think also when you run a marketplace, uh, then the marketplace has, has certain advantages over the participants in the marketplace. So a really great example is, uh, is, is Amazon, right? So you have, you have Amazon, which is this huge marketplace, and there are brands that have come in to sell their products. And there's this has been written about in the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere, where Amazon identifies great selling products. They go in and create an Amazon-branded product, and they leverage that data that they see from other products to introduce their own uh, their own products and effectively compete with their with their suppliers, their partners. And a lot of those partners have complained about that. Uh, so. I think that's the real fear, right? That yeah. that um, you, suddenly I'm the small tour operator. I've been doing great business and providing, you know, great service to your customers through Get Your Guide. <clears throat> now Get Your Guide is going to come in with six hundred million dollars and recreate a product with a lower price competitor, and I'm and I'm really stuck. So what do you what do you say to the operator that's that could be confronted with that situation? Now, first of all, I, like, look, I acknowledge the, the concern that this, this creates because, you know, we're putting our name on something. Um, and, and I acknowledge that in other industries like Amazon, um, is a little bit different, right? We don't have a factory for USB cables, uh, or, or batteries and suddenly compete with Energizer, right? So it's, it's not quite, we don't have a factory just churning out helicopters and, uh, and Empire State buildings and I don't know, uh, you know, desert safari cars, right? We don't have that factory. Um, and so I think it's not quite the same comparison. You know, our pitch to local operators is, hey, look, this is our standard for an original. Let's work together to create one, right? Because what we're, what are we doing with originals again is we have a very high quality standard, um, on, you know, how should it look like? What's the itinerary? 
like the originals in um, in, in in Bali, uh, like some of the originals we're doing with the desert safaris, like the the originals we're doing with the Third Reich walking tour in Berlin, right? So we are working with local partners to create these incredible offerings, and you know we want to work with the best operators out there to do that. Actually, we are now in the process of speaking to more partners now in the crisis to think about launching more originals when the crisis is over. Again, we're not buying cars. At least not that I know. Maybe somebody is doing it, but they haven't told me. We're not buying cars today um, and, and doing that, right? So I think, you know, ultimately our thing is we want to create a, a marketplace offering incredible experiences for all customers. Originals will be an important part. The bigger part, just in terms of revenue, in terms of coverage of experiences, will be everyone else. And that will always be the same. This will always remain a marketplace, a platform where, yes, there is competition, but it is competition between providers of incredible experiences. And I think that competition will create superior experiences for the consumers. And, and I think that's just, you know, the uh, usual business. And, and so we're determined to continue creating best-in-class experiences and working with local operators to realize them. So we have just have a few minutes left. So let's, I want to get to a couple of these last questions that have got a number of votes. So this is one from Denis Ver, Vergier. Again, my apologies for the American pronunciation or mispronunciation. How, so how did you choose so quickly to communicate to consumers around you know the outbreak? And I guess, when did you act first? So when did you begin to see a problem and how did you formulate your communication strategy? And actually, I'd like to ask this to if you could just respond both on the, the the consumer side, but also on the on the supply side as well, how do you identify potential crises like that and kind of get into into crisis communication mode? I think there is no playbook for crisis. Uh, the only playbook, and and we've called up a few of our mentors and, and other companies in this space. The number one advice everybody gives is better fast than perfect. Um, so you know we've. What we did is maxly empower our teams internally to do the right thing. So if that meant canceling uh, bookings because we think it's a hotspot, let's do that, right? If it means, you know, reaching out to supplier and working with them on cancellations, let's do that. If it means, you know, closing our um, local global offices and sending everyone home, let's do that, right? So it was just a lot of, you know, empowering the local teams because they get their information more quickly. So I would say two principles. One is empowerment of your teams. Uh, and two is better fast than perfect. Other than that, I think you kind of write the playbook as you go, or as, you know, I think Reed Hoffman always says, you know, you kind of assemble your way, assemble the helicopter on your fall down. Uh, I think that's the same as in, as in any crisis. So I don't have time for just two, for two more questions. So this is a pretty specific one about the Russian market. This is from Lucas uh, Domer. Uh, hi, Lucas from uh, Tsar Voyages. Uh, so, so he's got a specific question about taxes in Russia. He says that they have to pay taxes on Get Your Guide's behalf in Russia, which is increasing the commission from thirty two from thirty percent to thirty two percent. He says that uh, he complained about it and. You guys threatened to kick him out of the platform if uh, if you didn't if they didn't want to comply with that. So what's what's your take? What's your response to Lucas there? Yeah, Lucas, thanks for the question. So I am not familiar with this specific case, but again, you know, we have an incredible team of account managers. Actually, one of our finance guys just slacked me while we're having this call. Said the forty six euro problem will solve it. 
right? So, so we're on it, right? I mean, you know, this is a very passionate team that wants to solve, you know, problems that our supplier partners have, because again, without them, without you, we have no business, right? So we want to solve these problems with you. And, you know, when it comes to individual things, maybe during the crisis, it will take a little bit longer, but we're committed to excellence for consumers and we're committed to building the relationship with you. Uh, and so let's just talk about it. I think that's, that's my honest answer because I'm no tax expert, uh, let alone about Russian taxes. Um, but we have people who are experts and I fully trust them that we can take care of the situation. Great. So I'm going to, one last question before I do, uh, uh, close with this last question. I want to let everyone know, I know there's a number of questions that are in here. So the conversation doesn't have to end here. So the Get Your Guide team has has offered to take some time and join Arrival Connect, which is our discussion forum. And we're going to load some of these questions in there. And, and there's going to be a Get Your Guide representative to help address some of those questions. So you can join us all at Arrival Connect. There's a link in, if you go to the chat field, just to the left of Q&A, there's a link there so you can all go and click on that and then you can begin to join that discussion. And we have lots of other discussion threads in there as well from other companies and on other topics. So the last uh, question, uh, Tao, this is a great one from uh, Michelle Meyer. And I think it's really, you know, a bigger question. It's, and I've been using this as kind of the last word to, you know, close each of these is, you know, what's your, you know, what's your last, you know, the last thing you'd like to leave with operators in terms of the situation we're in and, uh, and the rebound when we, when it's going to happen, like what's, what's your, what's your best advice? What's, what's something that every operator should keep in mind? Yeah, I, th I think a lot of the things have already been said, right? It's, it's manage your cash, um, be resilient, and adapt very quickly. So, um, you know, the, the internal metaphor that we've used is that of sequoia tree, right? Those are obviously very big trees and they survive and actually grow in wildfires, right? And, and the way they do that is they shed some old skin, uh, protect the inner core, but then lay the seedlings, you know, for when the fire is over um, and, and plant a new and grow even bigger and stronger from that. So, you know, I would love for us to, you know, think about the resilience of those trees um, you know, stay strong and then adapt very, very quickly when, when recovery comes, it will come that, that is for sure. Right. And, and we believe deeply in this industry, um, because you were mentioning arrival connect, uh, you know, for example, when, when arrival was canceled in Berlin, you know, you know, this, like we, we just called everyone and said, look, let's do it our place. Right. You know, adapt, um, continue to invest in this industry, continue to invest in relationships. I think in relationships are more important than ever. Uh, continue investing in, you know, product and technology if you can. Um, and then, you know, just stay strong until recovery comes, um, you know, stay healthy and retain your mental balance as well. Awesome. Well, that's certainly it's important for all of us, especially at a time like this when we're all, you know, stuck at home. Yeah. Uh, we need to obviously take care of our businesses and our partners, but we also have to take care of ourselves and, and our families and our health and, and all of that. So that's certainly the most important thing. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.